0: Unsure what else to do, Skylar pressed his palm against the ramp control button. A buzzer sounded from the ceiling, matched by a spinning amber warning light. The bulb flickered as if reminding him to replace it, a task he'd put off many times. Months without a successful mission meant necessities slipped by the wayside. "'Sorry, old girl,' he thought. "'You deserve better.' Hydraulics below the floor whirred to life, and he stepped back from the ramp as it began to rotate down. Rainwater from the earlier storm, whipped up by residual thrust from the Melville's dwindling engines, sprayed in through the opening and lashed across Skylar's face. He squinted as he wiped the water away with his sleeve. As the ramp lowered, the sprawling compound of Nightcliff came into view. To Skylar's left the elevator tower rose more than two hundred metres toward a dark purple sky— On any other night a string of climber-car beacons would mark the actual elevator court, like a vertical strand of holiday lights stretching all the way to space. But not tonight, With the climbers dark, the thin strand was all but invisible. Skylar wondered if the stalled cars alone had driven the crowd outside to violence. Perhaps something had led to the shutdown. A spat with the Orbital Council or striking water-haulers. Rumours like that would spread like fire. The whiff of trouble of a serious change to their already bleak situation might spur such a desperate, violent action. A group of tall buildings clustered around the base of the tower, obscuring from view the crater left behind when the cord punctured the earth. Climber vehicles were loaded and queued within the structures, behind massive rolling doors. A series of cranes, each more than fifty metres tall, ringed the area. Here cargo containers were attached to or detached from the climbers. Skyler noted an empty climber dangling from one crane. The spider-like vehicles consisted of a central shaft that housed electric motors, inversion plates, and billions of tiny arms that gripped the incredibly thin cord. Attached to the top and bottom of the shaft were eight scaffold arms where cargo could be attached. A stack of the long steel boxes waited on the asphalt. Idle workers huddled nearby." To his right, toward the ocean-facing wall of the fortress, Skylar saw a jumble of barracks and other support buildings, including the old Platts family mansion, boarded up long ago. Someone told him once that the lavish home now served as storage. Such a waste! The fortress at Nightcliff had been constructed out of pure necessity, to surround and defend the alien-built elevator. Why the builders placed the elevator here thirty-two years ago no one knew few cared any more. The aliens never presented themselves, never said hello. No explanation. Just an automated construction vessel settling into orbit and firing its thread to the ground like a fishing line. Skylar subscribed to the blind luck theory. The cord had come down out of the sky, led by a dart-shaped black mass, and implanted itself deep below this small spit of land. Almost overnight, Darwin transformed from sleepy beach town to bustling metropolis, the centre of the world. skylar remembered the footage shown in school. Before and after comparisons astounded his young mind. Such a time of progress and wonder. A time of hope. It didn't last. Almost twelve years after the elevator arrived, the disease appeared and spread across the globe. Why the elevator negated it? or even how, remained a mystery. The two were linked, that much was obvious. But in that time of worldwide panic only one thing mattered. Get to Darwin. Darwin is safe. The city as it was collapsed under the onslaught of refugees, Schuyler among them. Memory of that journey made him shiver even now. Amazing what humans could do to one another when their survival instinct kicked in.